Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Guiney Sports Pod, the soon-to-be number one sports podcast in the world. My name is Sean Guiney, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Josh Seichter. How's it going, Josh? You're doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, going to be a short episode today. Not a lot going on, and it's just, just going to be a short episode. Uh, going to get to the Red Sox. Just came off a series with the Yankees, and because it's a Yankee series, of course, there's controversy to come out of it. Uh, just like the Kyrie Irving situation from a couple months ago, uh, this time, uh, the Yankees, a fan in the stand, threw a ball back onto the field. He hit Alex Verdugo. Verdugo was pissed off, clearly yelling at the guy uh, in the van. The fan has been banned from, for life from attending any MLB ballpark for any game. Uh, so we're going to get to that. Uh, maybe talk about this Red Sox series in general. Uh, then we get to the NBA Finals. Bucks lead the series 3-2, Game 6 tomorrow night. Uh, it's been a great series, back and forth. Uh, Bucks have won three straight after the Suns took a 2-0 series lead. Uh, so we're going to get to that, talk about them. Uh, and then stuff on the internet uh, to wrap the show. And uh, yeah, So that's really what's all, all that's on tap for today's episode. But uh, before we get to all that, uh, Josh, I need to give my opinion about the great state of Connecticut after my first few days in the state. I'm ready. All right. You should really be ready because, man, it was a fucking letdown, dude. I was not at all convinced how Connecticut is any better than Massachusetts. And let me go. Where where are you in Connecticut? I'm just south of Hartford. Oh, my God. Southington. Oh, oh, wait, you're in Southington? Southington. Yep. We're like 20 minutes away, Sean. Really? Let All me right. take you out and we'll experience Connecticut together, okay? If you can you're win me over, if you can win me over, I'm down. But I don't you're see how that's possible. In the right parts. What? If, let me t- let me ask what you've done in these past in this week that you've been in Connecticut. Uh, really, not. It really wasn't much because I was just getting used to the area. Uh, school. Yeah. I'm down there for school. Uh, going back and forth from school. I mean, a lot of work to do after. Really. Uh, so really, not much. I haven't done much, as I was expecting for my first week. But uh, this week, actually, uh, I guess while we're on the topic of what I've been doing, uh, this week I'm going to take a drive down to the great city of New Haven, Connecticut, to get the first pizza that I will review next week, which is going to be Sally's Pizza. I'm going to go down there, get get a pizza, try it. I'll, here's what I'm going to do. So I have it all. I had like the scale set up uh it's gonna be one to five i know we talked about dave portnoy he does up to like 10 uh but i'm gonna do it like this so one means it's gonna be extremely under uh what's the word i i wasn't expecting it to be this bad uh and like three is gonna be like in the middle so it's what i was expecting and five is gonna be it's a lot better than i was expecting and right now i'm thinking it's just gonna be like uh a regular cheese pizza that just probably it probably has a little it's probably gonna taste a little better and like the whole pie is gonna be like a better structure but um uh, right now like for what i think it's gonna be like i'm gonna say it's gonna go like in the threes but next week we'll find out so i'm gonna now say it's gonna be like a three so yeah you can take your opinions on connecticut and shove it hey this this state uh, how about this go me, it's i mean I don't really have an argument ready, but I mean, you just gotta, you're not experiencing the right things. I don't know what you've done. You just said you didn't do a lot. So how can you really have an opinion on what Connecticut is and isn't? 
Well, how, I'll give you this. So Connecticut drivers, I'm. They're a lot better than Massachusetts. They're a lot better than Massachusetts. I'll give you that advantage. Oh, really? A lot better than Massachusetts. Oh my god! Because the first the first few hours I was back in Massachusetts, I almost died twice in a car accident because of other people. How bad are Massachusetts drivers? Oh, they're awful. They're, they're the horrible. Is that Connecticut drivers are the worst drivers in the country. No, I've never heard that, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe that. I'd say they're I, really good. I'm they're really smart. Connecticut drivers are pretty shitty. Really. I mean, yeah. I, just but, being uh, from Massachusetts and always seeing Massachusetts drivers, I'd, I'd say Massachusetts is worse. And they've been ranked worst. Like, really? Before, right. yeah. There's a stereotype that Boston drivers, you want to avoid at all costs. We'll take that one. Yeah, so I'll give you that. But also, to detract from Connecticut, how I had New Hampshire second and Connecticut third, to add to New Hampshire's second place hold is the fact that New Hampshire has no sales tax. And Connecticut, Connecticut sales tax is six point three five, and Massachusetts yeah. is six point two five. So it's more it's more expensive down there than it is up here. And New Hampshire is obviously yeah. zero. Yeah, so the the gap between New Hampshire and Connecticut New just Hampshire grew. Hampshire has like higher property taxes and whatnot. No, okay. I listen. I'll I'll take the smaller tax on groceries <laughs> than a larger tax on a house. Okay, I mean I I don't plan on living in New Hampshire, but. Like being convenient, <laughs> being like ten minutes from the border. Like just Saturday, I drove up here to go buy a speaker that was like a hundred bucks, and that's how much it cost me. Instead of like I don't know, it would probably be like closer to one ten, if I was to buy in state. But, uh, not nah, Connecticut. Tough look so far. Tough look, but I I got a couple more weeks. Maybe maybe I'll get one over. Cause all, all I'm seeing is farms. Where I am, it's just farms. Farm areas. Um, you're probably in the Plainville section yeah. of Southington, which yeah. is all farm. It's Cowtown out there. Yep, that's Just what I, that's what I noticed. You got Western Mass. You got Deerfield. You got, you got all those towns over there in Massachusetts. It's, you're in the wrong part. Yeah. Anything Come on down a little more south, towards New Haven, towards Wallingford, where I live, and um, you'll see what Connecticut's really about. You got to go down to the shore when you're in New Haven. Just take a take a drive by the harbor. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. Um, Probably, probably, I probably will, but uh, yeah. I mean, Massachusetts, anything west of Worcester is irrelevant. Like it just has no factor into what Massachusetts is as a state. So, I mean, that just that just fact. And as a person living in Massachusetts, when you nothing west of Worcester is recognizable. Like you don't know, you don't say, "Hey, I'm gonna go out to Western Mass for the weekend." Like, <laughs> unless, you unless you're going to UMass. Uh, yeah, I guess there is uh, UMass, but. I mean, Western Mass is just completely relevant to the rest of Massachusetts, the great state that it is, uh, which is deserving of the number one spot in New England on my list of New England states. But, uh, so yeah, that's my opinion on Connecticut so far. Hopefully, maybe I'll get one over and convinced otherwise, but it's been a tough look so far. Oh, and uh, I mean, it doesn't detract from Connecticut at all, but the hotel I'm staying at, uh, the first two days I was there, the fire alarms went off, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And apparently, from what I from talking to people who stay at like the hotel chain that I stay at, that I'm staying at, uh, it happens a lot. It happens a lot where the fire alarms go off, not really? just that one hotel, but the actual chain in general. Yeah. Uh, right. So that's not that's not something I'm looking forward to, because I guess it has to do with like the little kitchenettes that are in every room. Um, there's no vent. So, like, if you're cooking on the stove, there's no vent that would, like, take up, like, the steam or the oh, smoke. Uh, right. So it just, like, billows in the room and then sets off the alarm. So that's what people apparently think, and that's what I heard from talking to people that it's from the kitchens. But People aren't putting uh, water in their Kraft mac and cheese, huh? 
Maybe. Maybe. Uh, that's I, the I, biggest culprit <laughs> I've found just from being at school this past year. Whenever we had a fire drill, it was always because everybody forgot to put water in their in their mac and cheese cups. <laughs> hey, I did. I did. And add a little milk afterwards. Milk and a little yeah, scoop of butter. Make it a lot better. So, yeah. All right. But enough about Connecticut. Still irrelevant. Uh, we're going to get into the sports topics today. Uh, and we're going to start off with uh, the Red Sox. Yankees. Actually, before we do that, I got a question. So, with about Connecticut, obviously. Uh, I know that there's like a line in Connecticut where it stops being Boston fans and becomes New York fans. Do you know where that line is? Because I know it's a thing. Um, yeah, like more. So when you're in Fairfield County, it's probably going to be more Boston or uh, more New York fans because obviously you're right on the Westchester, New York line going into Manhattan and whatnot. So Fairfield County is probably uh, more New York fans. And then when you get down to New Haven County um, and, and everything, and literally everything other than Fairfield County is probably 70 30 red sox yankees okay and then you got you get your mets fans thrown in there so yeah just Mm -hmm. outside of fairfield county i'd say okay yeah because i knew that there was that line but i didn't think it would be that that small of an area just fairfield county all right but uh obviously there's gotta be some yankees fans down there and I wonder if any of them are as bad as what this Yankee fan did the other night during the Red Sox game. So, to set the story, Verdugo, left fielder, he's in left field. Uh, he goes to throw a ball up into the stands to a Red Sox fan who's like a little kid. Uh, I guess to, he missed a throw and went into a, it was given to a Yankees fan, or the ball went to a Yankees fan. Uh the Yankees fan, I think, after Verdugo turned around, uh, threw the ball back onto the field, and he hit Verdugo. Uh, Verdugo turned around and immediately started yelling out, screaming at the guy. Uh, fans started pointing him out. Uh, all A bunch of players, Alex Ward, the umpires, all came down to Verdugo in left field to like to stop him. Um, he, he then calmed down. Security came, took the guy out, uh, and he's since been banned for life from going to any MLB stadium again. Yeah. Um, and now a lot of people are tying in the Kyrie Irving situation from a couple of months ago. Uh, fans throws a water bottle at him, almost gets him. Uh, the guy gets charged with aggravated assault and battery or something like that. Um, and now there's a big debate about whether or not this guy should be charged for throwing a ball back onto the field to, and whether or not it was intentional or not. Uh, he hit Verdugo. Um, and, I mean, it's a, it's a tough situation. It's I know I was on board with saying that the Celtics fans should be charged because if there was, wa- there was obviously water in the water bottle because of how fast and far it went, and that would have hurt to get hit with. And the same thing with a baseball. I mean, baseball is probably a, lo- is a lot harder than just a half-full water bottle. Yeah, 100%. Um, and to get hit when you're not expecting it, it's... Yeah, he, the, thing, the difference between those two situations is Verdugo actually got hit by a heavier and harder object while Kyrie Irving was just being a bitch because he got a half-full water bottle thrown at him. Didn't even hit him. Yeah. Um, but in this situation, people in ba- in baseball, it's kind of like tradition to, if you're the fan of the opposing team who the ball landed in stands with, you throw the ball back onto the field. 
So, like, if you're a Yankees fan and a Red Sox player, like, hits a home run and you catch it, you throw the ball back on the field. In this right. situation, it was a Yankees fan who caught a ball from a Red Sox player. He threw it back onto the field. Yeah, but that's so different than getting a, a home run that's hit at your home stadium. Did you remember a few years ago when Stanton hit a home run at Fenway and the player threw in, or a fan on the Green Monster threw it back and it hit him while yeah. he was rounding the bases? Yeah. Stanton picked his helmet. Everybody was hyped for that. But that, that's so different from this situation because, one, the fan intercepted a ball that was thrown to a Red Sox fan just to go back and throw it at Alex Verdugo when his back was thrown. It's a coward move, and he should be banned. Now, I don't agree. I don't think he should be charged with assault and battery. If we're going to have this debate again, Sean, you just got to let me know. But I, I don't think, even as a Red Sox fan, seeing a Yankees fan do that, I don't think he should be charged with assault and battery. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to have that debate because I agree he should not be charged because it's tradition for any fan to throw the ball back onto the field if you got it from the opposing team. You do that. You don't. You don't want. You don't want the ball because it's a sign of we're not happy at you for doing anything that whether it was scoring or trying to throw the ball back up. Um, if you you just you said who the ball got intercepted. He intercepted a pass from I was going to like the kid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I guess if that's what happened, then I mean, if he's you didn't need to throw it back onto the field, he could have just found the kid and gave it to him. But Yankees fans are classless anyway, so he probably wouldn't have done that. Um. It, it overall, it's just it, the guy should be banned because he sh- should have been smart about the whole situation. Um. And. Uh, yeah, he's getting charged. I'm. It, it's not much of a debate, but I'm seeing it. But I have seen it, like on social media, whether or not he should be charged. He shouldn't, because um, there wasn't the same intent to injure the player like there was with the water bottle situation. Guy's throwing the water bottle and tried to hit Kyrie. This guy's throwing the baseball. I don't think he tried to hit Verdugo. I so did, you I, think you think someone not trying to hit Verdugo hit Verdugo? while someone trying to hit Kyrie didn't hit Kyrie. Uh, I mean, the, the the water bottle guy, I mean, he was wasted. He was clearly uh, probably five or six beers deep. Uh, so maybe the imp- his impairment affected the throw and where it landed. Uh, but with the Yankees fan, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know it's weird to look at, but, I mean, that's just how I look at it. That's what I see, like. Guy was just throwing it back onto the field. I don't know if he was trying to hit him. I mean, I mean, you have to really, yeah, have a terrible arm and terrible aim to not trying to be hit someone but hit them, especially in a wide open field. Just a coincidence. It could just be a coincidence. I don't know. But the one thing I did like about this scenario is I saw a video of the guy getting escorted out and everybody. And all, even Yankee fans were booing him. They were like, get, the, get this guy out of here. So that was good to see that Yankees fans have some sort of uh, humanity in them. Yeah, what little it is. They just they displayed very well uh, in this situation. But, yeah, and the fact that he was banned from every ballpark, um, I don't know. I mean, at, at down the road, like in two years from now, if he tries to go to like a game in Milwaukee, like no, the security is not gonna like stop him and say, "Hey, you're the guy who threw the baseball. Like you can't come in here." Um, I yeah, I, that... I've always wondered how they take care of that because, say, like forty-five years from now, the kid, the, the kid was about twenty-something. So 
obviously I'd assume he'd still be alive in 45 years, but 45 years down the line, do they just recognize his name? Do they have a picture up? It's a little weird. I don't know. Maybe like, when you like buy the ticket, like it, it's attached like your name. So when you go to like scan it or if you're handing it to somebody, if you're handing it to somebody, then like the guy can just go wherever he wants because nobody's going to recognize him. But like if you're exactly like scanning into like a computer and somebody's right there and like the name's flagged. What if you just have a maybe. friend buy you the ticket and then you just go? You know? Yeah. Then I mean, obviously, obviously, guys can get in. But yeah, I, I don't understand how those punishments work because I highly doubt they're going to work. I just don't see how they could stop him. Guy could just grow a beard, shave his head, we get like a tattoo or something on like his arm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see how he's not going to get stopped from entering a ballpark. Or if that's, I'm sure somebody has attempted it where they've been banned from from going to any arena. This might be a dip, little different of a situation, though. Uh, Dave Portnoy, obviously president of Barstool Sports, we all know he's a character. Um, he snuck, he, he and uh, Big Cat, you know, Big Cat, he, they both dressed up as like senior citizens, old people with gray hair, gray beards, everything. And they snuck into the Super Bowl. They made it through like halfway through the third quarter until they were finally realized. And that's just because they were posting on social media about it. Yeah. So if they, if they were just keeping quiet all night, I, I could 100% assure you that they would make it through the entire game. Yeah. That just, that's how security found out. Not just like a regular season game. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how security and people found out is the fact that they are on social media, pretty much saying, in bold terms, we're at the Super Bowl even though we're not allowed to be here. And we and stuck at, in, and these are our disguises. Yeah, they and they knew exactly where they were, they knew exactly what they looked like, and they still they still got kicked out because they got caught. I mean that situation is kind of like different because of how prominent they are on social media. Whereas this guy, he right. probably has like two Twitter followers. And so if he's just tweeting out on Twitter game after game that he's going to in the ballpark, it's like nobody's going to catch on because nobody knows who this nobody knows who this guy is. That's exactly what I'm saying. So I don't think there's really a way to enforce that punishment at least down the road. Yeah, no, this this guy's like people are going to forget about this in two years. People are going to not recognize who this guy is, and he's going to be able to go into any. I didn't even see this guy's face. Do you, I do you know either. what he looks like? I, I remember with uh, videos of the Celtics fan throwing the water bottle at Kyrie Irving. Everybody knew who he was. We, we found out he went to URI. He was a student there. So, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything about this Yankees fan. So. I, I did see a video of a fan, from a fan um, in the stands. He was, like, really, like, two seats away from him, uh, recording it down onto the field. Verdugo yelling up, and the guy's walking away, and then security coming and take the, taking the guy away. So there was that video that I saw. I mean, I really couldn't get a look at his face. I just know that he was wearing, like, a black shirt and jeans. Um, and he just got up and walked out with the security guys. But I didn't see a face, and I don't know if there's any other videos out there of the guy. But, I mean, the guy's going to be able to – yeah. The punishment was weird, uh, being banned from all MLB stadiums because yeah, nobody knows what this guy looks like. And Fenway, yeah. if you want to. If, if it was just Yankee Stadium, then like I understand it. Maybe they would set up something bigger, but like a game yeah. like Seattle that he goes to. Yeah, like all the way across it. the country. Like just a security guard that is just working security that's in college really isn't going to care about yeah. this kid. He's going to let him in, you know? Yep. And so he's just going to get right in. The whole punishment is just really nothing for what he did. But 
overall, uh, stupid guy, stupid play, and uh, Verdugo had every right to be mad. He had every right to be mad. So, there's that. Uh, Now I'll just talk about the series a little bit. Uh, The Yankees won the series. They took two out of the three games. There was supposed to be a fourth game on Thursday. They took one and a half out of the three games. What? They took one and a half out of the three games. Yeah. Yeah, they won a a Friday game or a Saturday game and rain shortened game. That was the Verdugo game. Um, And the Thursday game was canceled because the Yankees still don't know how to control the COVID outbreak on their team. Uh, So that game was postponed until, like, August, I think. And they ended up taking one and a half out of one and a half of the games played this season or the series. Uh, they play again like a couple one and a half out now. of the season too. You said season and corrected to series. Yeah, I meant series. Those are the first games they won all season against I know. us. Yeah, because um, the Sox have won like I think eight or seven out of the yeah, seven right. out of like the nine games that they played so far. Um, and, and you know, one of the greatest thing about that is, so obviously we, we win the first seven games that we play all year. And then Yankees fans, they're, they're in fourth place, by the way. New York yep. Yankees are in fourth place in the AL East. And then they beat the first place Red Sox twice out of nine games. And then all you see on Twitter is that World Series is back on, Red Sox suck, Yankees reign supreme. And they don't realize that. We play another series next week, and then we're going to win that, and then we're going to beat the Rays, we're going to beat the Jays, we're going to – I mean, we're the best team in baseball. I don't, there's no other way around it. We get Chris Sale back in August. Jaron Duran just got called up. Yeah. He, he had his first hit in the Alex Verdugo game, and he, he scored the lone run, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, 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 this is we, – we lost four of our we, – We've lost okay, six out of the last eight. Six out of the last eight. Eight, yeah. And we're four and six in our last ten, so not the best record, ten game record for uh, the best team in baseball. But we'll be back. Yeah, and we don't got... worry, Sean. We'll be back. Oh, we, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're just a little tiny rough stretch right now, but we do have a series with the Jays tonight. Uh, that's for a couple of games, then the Rays afterwards, and then the Yankees again. And it, I think another Rays series after the Yankees. So it's just all ALEs yeah, least for the next week and a half. A lot uh, of divisional matchups upcoming. Yeah, uh, which, I mean, it's it's good because if you – the way that I look at it, if you have at least an above 500 record against these, the Rays and the Yankees at least, not so much the Blue Jays, uh, but the Rays and Yankees, especially the Yankees, you can pretty much eliminate them from winning the AL East. If you go yeah. – I don't know how many to- total games it is, but if you finish at least – if you have four more wins than losses, I'd say that's pretty much – eliminating the Yankees from any chance of winning the AL East and maybe solidifying uh, winning the AL East for the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, this upcoming month, probably around that, I think we play each divisional opponent at least twice. Yeah. Um, So, obviously, it's a huge uh, month for the divisional race. The Rays are only a, a game behind us. Blue Jays, three games, and I think Yankees are seven. So... This will be huge. We'll we'll really get to see how the how the Red Sox play under pressure. Yeah, um, I'm pulling up the schedule right now, but yeah, I mean, playing under pressure. I mean, it's just something that hasn't happened much because I mean, the offense just blows up uh, early or late in the game, and I mean, it's out of hand very quickly. But 
that's that's something I would like to start seeing a little more. I mean, I wouldn't like to start seeing it, but if it happens, then obviously I want to see how the Sox do. But playing under pressure, playing closer games than what they have been, I mean, I like to start seeing that a little more often than uh what we have seen. I mean, to credit the Red Sox for not having that happen as much as it has, then that's really good. But yeah, if if it happens, I want to see how they do. But uh, yeah, we got the Blue Jays tonight, the Yankees again on Thursday until Sunday, then the Blue Jays again, then Tampa. Uh, to, when August 1st, the last game against Tampa, and then we got Detroit. Uh, so really the next week and a half, I mean, it's just all AL East. And after Detroit, we got Toronto, Tampa, Baltimore, New York. Yeah. So really until the middle of August, I mean, it's just all AL East matchups. And it's, that's the perfect time to finish out the – uh, AL East and really solidify the Sox as finishing in first place this early in the season. I mean, this is a perfect time. And if they play right, if they play smartly, they could do just that. Where they want yeah, the to worry the about East, the race else. for the AL East crown is definitely going to come down to the last few games. Um, prob- probably, it's. I want to assume it's going to be the Red Sox and Rays. Blue Jays might make a yeah really might make a push, but I think the Yankees. I want to say that if they're they can kind turn, of out of the top spot. Yeah, I mean, if they can turn it around soon, they could make a case for coming back into a competition. But the way that they've played all season, I, I highly doubt that they will. Uh, injuries, just inconsistent play, the fact that their entire lineup is all right-handed guys. I mean, I, I it's it's interesting for a team that's, they are good. They're a good team. Like they've made it to the ALCS the past few years. Um, like where they're at right now is, they really shouldn't be where they're at. And it, if they don't turn it around, it's going to be too late before they know it. And uh, they could miss the playoffs. They could very well miss the playoffs because AL Central they got two teams competing. Uh, the West they got a couple teams. Uh, Astros, Athletics, Mariners are somewhat in the race. Uh, so if they, if the Yankees don't turn it around, it's going to be uh, lost cause, and their season's going to be over before the playoffs even start, which would be yeah, hilarious. Yeah, how many playoff spots are there? Is it, what, there's six? Huh? How many playoff spots are there? Six, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if the Yankees really don't turn around, they can't. They, you can't put a fourth place team in, even with the name Yankees. You know? Yeah. I don't know if you watch Section Ten the podcast from Barstool, Sean, but around April when the Yankees had a tough start, obviously they really haven't recovered from that tough start, but Jared Carabas, he said, if the Yankees weren't named the Yankees, then nobody would be taking them seriously right now. So they made up the name, the Louisiana balloons. And that, that's what, just what they refer to the Yankees right now as. And I think they're 100% correct. The only reason that people are still count aren't counting out the Yankees right now is because of their name. Yeah, if they were any other team in if they had any other name and if they were any other team in M- in the MLB, they'd be all ESPN. All the reporters would be counting them out, huh. writing them off, and, and just saying waiting until next year. You know, yeah. but just because the Yankees, just because they have twenty seven rings, uh, two thirds of them before the Holocaust, by the way, um, they're still being taken seriously for some reason. Yeah. I mean, watching the game last night, it was on ESPN, and the way that uh, 
Matt Vasgersian called the Glaber Torres home run. It would make you sound. It made it sound like the Yankees' next dynasty was about to start. Yeah. Like they, they just like LeBron and ESPN, ESPN and the Yankees, in the exact same boat. ESPN sucks the Yankees' dicks so much that won't say anything bad about them. I mean, it is just it's just fact. Like, yeah, yeah. ESPN and the Yankees. I mean, they're like in a literally marriage. They're in a literal marriage. And they love each other and won't ever be rude to each other. They suck up to each other. Or ESPN sucks up to the... ESPN's the husband. Yankees are the wife. The husband sucks up to the wife. Never stands up for himself. Uh, makes the wife... Puts the wife on a high pedestal compared to where he is. Um, I mean, yeah. Same thing with the fans. Fans, they just... They're the are literally worst. annoying. They're probably the worst fans in any sport. The worst fan base because they just don't, they don't, they don't know when to admit that the team is not good, even when they missed the playoffs a couple of years ago. They live in the past. Like, yeah, yeah. I remember a video a couple of weeks ago of some middle-aged woman chirping down on some kids saying "27 rings." Literal ten-year-olds. Yeah, just twenty-seven rings. Twenty-seven rings. How fucking immature do you have to be to just bring up the past? How many of those championships were before you? Uh, probably ninety percent of them. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane how media fans can suck up to their teams the way that they do. Insane. But uh, yeah, Yankees suck. Anyways, not gonna make. They're not gonna win the AL East. No shot. And I wouldn't. I'm. I think it could be safe to say that they might miss the playoffs. So. Yeah. Yes. As of right now, yes. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, there's that. Yankees suck. Red Sox are better. Uh, to the finals now, NBA. Bucks lead the series, three games to two. Uh, big game five win in Phoenix the other night. Uh, Giannis is playing incredible basketball. Chris Middleton, incredible basketball. Drew Holiday, he had a good few games. Uh, but nothing compared to what Giannis and Chris Middleton have been doing. Uh, big debate over who could win finals MVP if the Bucks are to win. Because uh, it's a close race, I'd say. But I, really I don't think it's as close as a lot of people say it is, but really? that's just my opinion. Giannis has he's been the factor for the for the Bucks. Obviously, we said before that they can't the Bucks can't win with just Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday have to show up, which they have been doing. But you could say the same if Giannis doesn't show up, they don't win either. You know? Oh, definitely. It's like the the Bucks go through Giannis. He does everything on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And the finals MVP race, really, for both teams. If the Suns win, I feel like it's got to be Devin Booker. If the Bucks win, it's got to be Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Giannis is just, I'm right there with you. I'm not, I don't think it's that close of a race either. Because um, Giannis is just playing on another level right now. And the fact that he almost, like, literally tore his ACL two weeks ago. And now where he's at right now, like, guy's playing, playing incredible. He's playing the best basketball at the best time. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this is when you want to, you want to be as perfect as possible when it comes to playing your game of basketball. Like you don't want to have any struggle whatsoever, even in the slightest bit. You just want to be a hundred percent perfect, running on all cylinders, uh, no issues, nothing. And he's doing just that. Um, well, on the other hand, in Phoenix. Uh, one of their 
better players and one of the guys who is the reason why they made it to the finals, Chris Paul, I mean, guys struggled. He's He's a sellout. I've been saying it all this whole time. I don't if they if Chris Paul isn't playing the way he should be playing, they can't win. Yeah. And I mean, obviously he's not. He's been shooting poorly. He's had the most turnovers I think he's had all season in just these past few games. And he's just I don't know what it is. Is he cursed? Who knows? But know. he's definitely not definitely not helping the Suns. Yeah, he does he does he does not look Kelsey to me. After game five when the camera was watching the Suns walk off the court. Uh, I mean, he, Chris Paul was clearly limping, clear really? as day, limping. I didn't see that. Like, I, I don't know if I could find a video, but you, you, you could clearly see like he was struggling trying to walk yeah. back to the locker room. Like he was trying, he was as he was trying to put as little pressure on. I think his right, the right side of his like leg down to like his foot in that area as possible. I think that's what maybe is causing his poor play, the fact that he's injured. I mean, the guy is up there in age. It wouldn't surprise me if something is just deteriorating and he can't do what he did, what he could have done like 10 years ago. Um, well, mean, we know in the, in the Lakers yeah. series in the first round, he was battling wrist problems, I think it was. Maybe shoulder problems. It was, it was within the arm. Yeah. I think it was wrist problems. He took a bad fall. And he wasn't playing well there at all either. And Devin Booker kind of had to take over. Anthony Davis injury played a lot large uh, part in the Suns winning in that series, but that's that's a story for another day. Yeah, so we saw if Chris if Chris Paul is injured, then we know he's really not going to play his best basketball. Yeah, I mean that's just what's happening right now. I think he, even though like nothing's been reported that he is hurt, I mean I don't think I haven't seen anything that says he's hurt, but I mean I'm not going to be surprised at all if after whenever the series is over. Uh, he's going to. It's going to be announced that he's battled through some type of injury. Um, no, I agree. I whatever it is, it, it, he's he is absolutely hurt, and he's going to need like it won't surprise me if he needs surgery on something. Like that's how badly he's probably hurt. Um, but I mean the fact that he's still playing, the fact that he's still out there trying to help his team as much as possible. I mean, I, he deserves all the credit in the world. It sucks that he's on the brink of elimination right now. In the NBA Finals, this could maybe very well be the last, the only shot he gets at winning the title. Because the Warriors come back next year, the Clippers look good, the Lakers, they're not probably not going to do good. Uh, but the Nuggets, the West is not going to look the same next season with the reemergence of the Golden State Warriors. So this could be the very well the last and only shot he gets at winning a title to add to his Hall of Fame career. After uh, after the Game Five loss. Uh, a reporter was interviewing. It was Devin Booker and Chris Paul at the podium. They were they were there together, and an interviewer asked Devin Booker, "Do you feel bad for Chris? Like, what what do you what are you gonna try to do to make this up to him?" And they they looked at each other, laughed. Devin Booker gave the reporter a weird look, and then he was just like, "Next question," because one, Chris Paul isn't doing his part. Devin Booker had back to back forty point games. He's literally he's shooting fifty percent from the field. He's doing everything he can to will the Suns to win. And in both 40-point games, they lost. And a lot of it, a large portion of it, is on Chris Paul. So, if anything, the reporters should be asking Chris Paul, how is he going to make this up to Devin Booker? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely a weird question. I didn't know that happened, but 
Uh, I mean, it, it he handled it, he handled it well. Just saying, next question because he knows that he's doing he's going above and beyond his his physical self when it comes to bas- playing basketball. Like he's doing more than he probably could have ever done uh, to just help his team win as as much as possible. He's doing everything he can to win, and they're 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 not they're struggling big time. Uh, teammates aren't stepping up. Guys aren't stepping up. Um, so I mean, yeah, like it's it's not what Devin Booker has to do to Chris Paul. It's what Chris Paul has to do to Devin Booker because he's holding the team back. His poor play is what's made him lose three in a row, lose a pivotal game five at home when you you could have had the three two series lead. Now you got to go to Milwaukee down three two. And obviously, I mean, home court advantage is absolutely a thing. I mean, your season could very well end tomorrow night if guys don't step up. And even if he's hurt, I mean, if he's hurt and he is just out there because he wants to do everything he possibly can, then I get it. But, I mean, if even if, if it's a slight injury, which I highly doubt it's a slight injury, the way that he's playing and the way that I saw him hobble off the court the other night, I mean, he has to... As long as he just plays well and, I don't know, maybe makes a bucket or two and doesn't turn it over, the the Suns should be okay. But he has to do a lot more than just not turn the ball over and make some shots. Like, he has to really play well. And will he? I don't know. I don't know. But you never yeah, know. And aside from, aside from some of these players not stepping up, I think this series has definitely been one of the best finals that we've had. Huh. In the past 10 years, maybe right behind the 2016 finals, 3-1 comeback. Um, we've had a lot of finals-defining moments. Giannis, really, he's had back-to-back 40-point games as well as Devin Booker. He had the block against DeAndre, and, and he had that alley-oop to really seal the deal in Game 5 last year. Yeah. Last night or two nights ago? Yeah, Game 5. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night. So, yeah, two nights ago. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's had some impactful... Like you, des- it deserves a picture on the wall, place, to really like memorize. Like these plays helped solidify the first championship in fifty years for the Bucks. Um, like that's what that that picture of, I don't know the dunk or the block or, just him scoring. Like th- those plays are what could like s- define this championship run. Same thing with the uh, Suns and Booker's just. Incredible play, uh, back-to-back forty-point games, uh, playing incredible playoff basketball in his first in his playoff debut. Like he has the most points scored by a player in his debut in the playoffs, uh, ever. Like he's over. I think he's like over six hundred points by now, and the record was like five twenty. Um, and he broke that quickly, like just the other night. But yeah, it's been an incredible finals. It's been an incredible playoffs. I've had a lot of fun, more the more so than I have in years past. Um, when it comes to basketball, like I want to watch a game now. Like I haven't had that feeling in a long time, where I said I want to watch this basketball game, because that just doesn't happen. But it is, and it. I mean, these two teams, two small market teams. I think you could say they're small markets, Milwaukee and Phoenix. Um, they're one of them is about to win their champ, a fir- the first championship in a long time. Or ever, and that's always 
uh, good to see and fun to watch. So, yeah, absolutely yeah, fun you, series. You said, so you said Devin Booker has the most points in a single postseason for anybody in NBA history. Uh, uh, well, what was playoff debut. His first time in oh, the playoffs yeah, in the playoff career. Debut, right, right, right. But also Giannis and Chris Middleton are the first players – on the same team, or I think ever, to score 500 points and 100 assists in the same postseason. Hmm. So it's definitely been a leg- legendary playoff run and finals run for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, both of these teams are deserving. Uh, they both deserve to be here. They both deserve to win the title, whoever it is. Um, I hope it goes seven because, I mean, a game seven and the finals, both of these teams are playing incredibly well. I mean, I'd think that would boost the ratings back up to, I don't know, 2018 status. Which I mean, I, that's, I, that's, I, that's a big risk or a big take, a long shot. That's the best. Um, those are the two best words in sports. Game, game seven. seven. Game seven, yeah. Nothing better than game seven. Really put it out all out on the line. That's where the stars shine the brightest, and hopefully Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Middleton, and Giannis can really show up and give the fans what they want, and we'll see who takes it home, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's gonna be tough because obviously the Bucks are gonna win at home, try to win as much as possible at home. I always like to see the team win the championship on their home court with your fans. Uh, so if to do that, I'd be just as happy as a game seven. But uh, no, great series. Uh, both your teams are deserving, and we'll talk about maybe next week. Uh, whatever happens, if it especially if it goes seven. I mean, if it goes seven, I think game seven would probably be Friday night. Or I maybe Friday because Game Six is tomorrow, so two days in between. That'd be close enough to next Monday uh, for next episode. But yeah, great series. Uh, Bucks looking to win it all next tomorrow night. Uh, definitely gonna be watching. So there's that. Um, and yeah, that's gonna do it for us today. Short episode, like I said, um, just because I mean, not much is going on. This is really all we want to talk about, but. Yeah, that's going to do it for us today. We got stuff on the internet. Uh, Josh, what do you got? All right. Jared Carabas, we talked about him just a half hour ago on the show. He tweeted on Thursday afternoon he had a huge announcement to make today. At 12 o'clock Eastern, he announced that – oh, okay. Background about Jared Carabas, if you don't know who he is. He's the Barstool writer for the Boston Red Sox. Um, he's dedicated his entire life to this. And honestly, he's got a great fucking life. He just – travels every day and just writing about the Red Sox. And he made, he meets great players, Boston legends, everybody. So he's got a pretty good life and it it just got a whole lot better. He announced today that him and David Ortiz, big poppy are doing a podcast together. They're calling it call him poppy. So that's funny. Um, And I just want to say that I read his blog describing the uh, podcast and it gave me chills. I mean, he described how he started a blog when he was 16 in high school and he won new England's best overall sports blog. And that, that really, he thought that's how big his career was going to get. Cause it seemed like his dreams were finally coming true. And then 10 years later, he's, he's got a podcast with big poppy. So it, it really gave me chills, but that's my stuff on the internet. Yeah. I heard about that today. I'm extremely happy for him. Uh, great. Great guy. I mean, I don't, I don't know him. I've never met him, but uh, he does a lot for Boston Red Sox. Uh, big Boston guy. Phoenix Suns guy also. Uh, so his yeah. Suns, big fan of the Suns. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, for him to now get a podcast with David Ortiz, like, who who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want to just talk to David Ortiz about whatever, whatever it could be? Um, just out, outside of baseball, I'm sure they're going to travel outside of baseball on some of their topics, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, he previewed some of the guest lists in the, in his blog. He said that they have Tom Brady lined up. Obviously, they have more Boston Red Sox legends. They, they have an uh, episode with Lil Wayne coming out. <laughs> So they're definitely going to travel outside of baseball. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. Looking forward to it. Good, good job. Congratulate, congratulations, Carabas. You deserve it. Um, yeah. All right, my stuff on the internet, uh, and probably the. How do I want to word this? The least expected. The most expected result, box office. The movies. We're going to the movies. Uh, the worst movie to be expected to release this year was Space Jam, released the other day, and it absolutely sucks. Uh, Did I didn't see it? it. What? You didn't see it? No, I have no interest in watching it. Because uh, I, I mean, kind of want to see it just to see it, but I heard it's it's, it's awful. I mean, it's yeah. exact. It's the exact same storyline from Michael Jordan. It's just the exact same thing. Really? Yeah, and I mean that's what that's why I'm just have no interest in watching it is because of the fact that. I mean, LeBron just taking Jordan's story and doing it himself. I mean, as much as I hate LeBron, like, this is something that I absolutely expect him to do. I, I, from what I heard, it's just a horrible storyline, nothing to it. Uh, a lot of corny, corny like, one-liners jokes, uh, some, like, cringeworthy, like, introductions, I guess, like, Rick and Morty. Uh, the guys from okay. that show, they made, like, an appearance in the movie for some reason. Um, I don't know why, but they did. Uh, that's what I heard uh, a lot. It it sound, it. My brother watched it. He said it was pretty much like an ad for H, HBO Max. It was like oh, a, really? It was a, just an hour-long commercial for HBO Max. Um, yeah, because you don't even yeah. need to go to the theaters to see it. It's on HBO Max for free, obviously, if you have the HBO Max subscription. Then you can watch it, but yeah. So, uh, the least surprising box office release of the year, Space Jam Two, uh, absolutely sucks, and it's gonna do a lot of money. I'm absolutely sure it's gonna make oh, yeah. a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it, I have no interest, and I don't know why people would. I mean, he, LeBron has no creative, no creative mind. He was just copying Michael Jordan's movie. So, yeah. But, all right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, short episode, obviously, like I said. But uh, we'll be back next week. Pizza review, Sally's Pizza, New Haven. Going to go try that. Watch for social media. I'm probably going to, the way that I have it set up, the ratings, I'm going to do it on social media. I'm going to, like, talk about it, try the pizza, record myself doing it. Uh, but I'll release, like, my actual rating on the show next week. So you gotta stay. You gotta watch the show. You gotta listen to the episode next week to find out what I rate it. I don't know what I'm gonna rate it right now. I have a thought in my head about what it could be, but that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, and yeah, so that's the plan. Thank you guys for listening. Josh, want to run back next week? Sounds like a plan. All right, tell your friends, tell your mothers, tell your mothers' friends, and your friends' mothers, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>